0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Pooch from the Afterwork Drinks Podcast here, and I just wanted to give you a really quick preview of some things to come. Uh, June will mark the one-year anniversary of the Afterwork Drinks podcast. So we got to have a big party, of course, and where there is a big celebration, there should be a large amount of beer, and there will be. We'll be tasting tons of stuff and giving you our thoughts as we discuss other topics, as always. And then in July, it's going to be my birthday, so of course we need to celebrate that occasion as well. So that episode of the podcast will also feature some good tasting, Uh, Maybe not as much in quantity, but definitely quality. Uh, We intend to do an eight-year vertical tasting, eight years of Founders KBS. That's going to be a fun time. Make sure we have full stomachs for that one, and uh, we'll also be having some beer from Treehouse Brewery in Massachusetts, and they're getting pretty big uh, right now. Uh, I see a lot of people saying positive things about them, and I can't wait to get my taste buds on some of that so I can tell you my thoughts. Uh, So happy birthday to me there. And and, uh, as I record this intro, it is the day after Dark Lord Day, and I know some people that attended and cross my fingers if I'm a good enough friend perhaps, perhaps for my birthday episode in July, one of them will share so we can review our thoughts on the 2019 version of Dark Lord Day release. Uh, We'll see. That one's not set in stone. I gotta see uh, how much stock I have, how much pull I have with my good friends that attended and like beer, you know? It's uh, it's a big day. People don't want to share. That stuff's liquid gold, so... Uh, We'll see, but that's what's coming up on the show in June and July, and right now, what you're about to listen to is our May episode, and it's another two-parter. We did this once before, we're doing it again because we just had so much content. Uh, You're about to listen to me uh, having a sit down in the middle of April during a wicked snowstorm, and you're like, what? Like, I know Chicago's crazy, but it it shouldn't be snowing anymore in April. Well, yeah, you know, that's what we thought, but uh, we braved the storms. And uh, I went and had a little sit-down, a visit with Mr. Brady Potts, the shy beer guy. And if you follow any kind of social media beer content, uh, you probably know who he is. If you don't, hey, he's an awesome dude. He does a lot of cool things in the industry. And, you know, it's always fun and it's always a good idea to sit down with beer friends old and new and, you know, just try a few things and discuss some topics in the industry. And that's exactly what we did. It was just a, a very... Uh, It was just a very authentic, not very scripted at all conversation. Uh, We did have uh, a handful of topics and bullet points that we wanted to give our thoughts on, and uh, that was it. Other than that, we pretty much were just winging it, and uh, we had a handful of beers on display that we basically sipped on as we talked, and we gave our thoughts on those beers as well. So that's kind of a a good tipping-off point to the summer of tasting 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 that we're going to have on the after work drinks podcast you know once upon a time in Seinfeld there was the summer of George Uh, this is going to be the summer of AWD the summer of pooch and we're just going to taste and taste and taste until we can't taste anymore so it's going to start right now Uh, tasted a bunch of good stuff that Brady brought to the table and we'll be tasting a ton of stuff in June and July, so please stay tuned. It's uh, gonna be a really, really fun stretch on the podcast, and we're happy to be turning one year old next month, and we hope that you join us for that. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Uh, This is gonna be episode 9A, part one of a two-part sit-down conversation between myself and Mr. Brady Potts, the Shy Beer Guy. Make sure after you listen to this one, you go check for part two, episode nine B, which will feature the conclusion of our sit down and plenty of good content was in that one as well. Uh, We're gonna hit the music. Uh, Our guy Kip Russell bringing us in with our After Work Drinks theme song, but first, I mean, you have a special guest, you got to give him his intro, man. I'm a wrestling fan and everybody knows that a wrestler has his intro music as he comes to the ring. Well, you know, uh, I don't think myself or Brady are wrestlers, but we did wrestle with some topics and, and gave our thoughts. So you know what? There's the correlation. Uh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it. Uh, please hit this man's music. This is the co-branded event, Shy Beer Guy After Work Drinks Podcast. So grab your beverage of choice, maybe two. It is a long episode, you may be pretty thirsty out there. And uh just kick back, relax and enjoy. The two-part May episode of AWD starts right now. When the works out, man.
1: It's time to drink. You know all I need Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts.
0: Welcome into to the After Work Drinks Podcast. As always, I am your host, Pooch, and we're doing things a little bit differently this time. Uh, I don't have the usual uh, cast of characters or frequent co-hosts that I usually have with me. we are just doing a little impromptu thing, Uh, a special guest, someone you may have heard of in the beer community. I I think uh, if you have social media and you like beer, you probably know, or you should know by now, uh, Mr. Brady Potts, the shy beer guy. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, well, hey, thanks for having me here in in your domain. So that's the reason why this is like a fun, different, co-branded thing, Uh, because we've been talking about getting together and doing something like this and I was always under the impression, hey, I'm coming to your territory, we're doing your thing, it's gonna be for you. And you're like, nah, let's do it for you. So essentially we're just doing it for everybody. There's gonna be after work drinks content, there's gonna be shy beer guy content, uh, and we're just gonna do it all. And and you pretty much check a lot of boxes uh, right now of what we do on the program usually. Uh, We have multiple segments that this is gonna be fitting for. Uh, Usually we have our A Guy Walks Into A Bar segment.
1: It appears we have a guest. Somebody get that!
0: Who is it?
1: A guy walks into a, a
0: bar. Guy walks into a a bar. guy walks into a bar. A guy walks
1: into a bar. A guy, a guy walks into a bar.
0: And and that's usually anybody that is on the show for any purpose. Uh, It may be from the beer industry. It may be from the entertainment industry. Just somebody who's here to maybe speak to something or co-host for the whole show. So I think that checks. We're about to co-host some stuff right here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have, uh, you know, our featured interview, uh, which is called Here's to You.
1: It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you.
0: And that's usually somebody that's a a professional in the industry, uh, whether it be a head brewer or maybe a brewery owner or someone from a distillery or a winery, things like that. Uh, You know, maybe you're not brewing beer here, but I feel like uh, your foothold is growing by the day in in the industry. So Mm -hmm. I I think we could say that you... uh, you're part of the professional realm of beer in the Chicagoland area.
1: I appreciate that. I, I, I mean, don't really think that about myself, but I, I I appreciate that.
0: We gotta fake it till we make it, man. Like, <laughs> they don't they don't know. Just smile in the camera and they be like, know. "Yes, that's me." Yeah, we do have a
1: camera rolling, so. Hi Hi. to the hi to the people watching. Uh, This is this is the different part that uh, that Chris here was saying or Pooch uh, was saying about uh, the podcast is that we're we're also doing a video version of the podcast. So hello to the people that are watching. Hello to the people that are listening.
0: And there's one other segment that we do that I think is probably the most fitting of what we're about to do here. Uh, We do a segment on the podcast that is called Pints Up pints down, and that's essentially uh, equating to a thumbs up, thumbs down review, which pints up. Cheers! Oh my god, it's so good. It's amazing! zing Or pints down.
1: This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me?
0: Beer reviews aren't That simple usually. (laughs) I mean, I guess if it's utter garbage, yeah, maybe it is a straight thumbs down. Yeah, not
1: if you're talking to me. But yeah,
0: exactly. So that's that's another reason this is gonna be a little different. Like we could maybe call this pints up, pints down, because. Uh, We are going to talk beer as we drink it, but if you've ever watched what Brady does with his content, uh, he gets into a little more detail than that. deep dive. Yeah, definitely a deep dive and also uh, a lot more beers involved. Like uh, our latest episode that we did, I think we did four breweries, five different beers. That's probably around the threshold of of what we usually do on Pints Up, Pints Down. Uh, Something to either raise your glass to or just be like, hey, you want this one? I'm going to i want to do something else over here. You might like that. So mm-hmm. that that's usually we try to keep it, I guess, uh, for the, the common person, like, you know, the, the person that doesn't, you know, know every type of hops that there is and every sure. type of, sure. of, uh, of, thing going on in their beer. They just kind of know like, Hey, I, I do notice this smell. I do notice like, like, flavor, like these, these kind of notes, these tastes, uh, it has this kind of mouth feel like, you know, the finish, uh, what, you know, all those terms, but we try to keep it general and friendly and don't make sure, people sure. feel like intimidated by the lingo. Uh, now I know usually when I watch your content, like you said, it's more of a deep dive and uh, I saw what kind of things are going on in your refrigerator right now. I'm really excited. Uh, we are definitely <laughs> going to go deep dive. I think in, in we got what some you, good
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah like
0: in, in sheer amount, I think we're about to do a deep dive and then what what you have to say about it uh, will surely be a deep dive. So uh, I don't think we need to to waste any more time hyping it up. Uh, I think maybe uh, you've got some talking points, and we've already got our first beer poured. So uh, sure. tell me what we're about to jump on here.
1: Well, first of all, let me say to the people listening, we have our first beer poured because it took goddamn forever. Can I can I swear on this? <laughs> you here? can swear. This That's is weird. an explicit so it, podcast. So it took fucking forever to get this shit set up, but uh, but we're here. Uh, we got our first beer poured. Uh, before we talk about that, if you don't mind, I'm just going to give a little premise into what I do.
0: Yeah. Cause uh, I'm, I'm sitting here hyping you like they should know who you are, but let's, let's be honest. There's... Realistically,
1: realistically, I'm not, I'm not staring at a uh, hundred million followers on on Instagram. Not, not yet anyway. No, Right. no, no. Um, One day. I, uh, so as far as what I do, I like to keep it real simple. You know, I, Although I do a lot of deep dives in terms of uh, a lot of the beers out there, for those that don't know and are listening and watching right now, um, there's a couple different segments to my page. So if you don't know, you can find me on Spotify, you can find me on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, and right now I'm uh, in the process of uploading a lot of stuff to uh, YouTube. So a lot of my live reviews are going to be making it on YouTube, some older stuff, uh, but I'm going to be catching up and keeping up with it. So um, I'm across uh, most platforms that you can find uh, one person that does beer content, but um, one thing I pride myself on is, is, uh, authenticity. So everything I do is hundred percent authentic. I, I love, uh, just the journey of enjoying the craft beer industry, you know, and it is a journey coming from where I come from. I grew up on the South side here on the South side. We're in the South side right now. Um, I grew up on the South side of Chicago where most people drink Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a hell of a journey for me. Um, you know, not only in, in terms of my experience with beer and, and me drinking beer, but also with uh, the podcast and the show that I do. So uh, again, going back to the show, there's a couple different versions or a couple different segments that I hit on. I do a lot of uh, video interviews um, and, and some audio interviews with a lot of brewers in Chicago and Chicagoland breweries. Um, obviously, that's where you get the most raw and real information. So I, I like to inform my watchers and listeners on uh, what's going on with particular brands. Uh, because I think you know brands have their own identity, and it's important to to get the the information out about them. But not only that, the the real stuff that I like to do is uh, Shy Beer Guy's Beer Guide, which is my. My guide to uh, beers that uh, that I do on a weekly basis, usually uh, one to two times a week, I'll try a beer for the first time. So it's my experience not having a beer for the first time, knowing nothing about it going in, other than what's on the the label or the can, and uh, just going in for a deep, detailed review and and what I think about the beer. And where where I think I'm different is that again, I pride myself on authenticity, so I'm never gonna say that I like a beer that I don't like. Right. Which is important. You know, um, I, I feel like, uh, you know, and I'm not going to name names of course, but there are a lot of people out there that are doing beer content and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're doing it for uh free stuff, free product, right. like,
0: free swag, free, whatever. Please, um, please everybody pretty much. There, right, there's, right. there's never a, a bad review. And I have to say, I'm guilty. I make fun of myself a, a lot on, on the podcast. And I, I say like, yeah, you know what? Like when we're calling it as simple as a thumbs up or a thumbs down review for us. Uh, I I have not given too many pints down ratings. Uh, And on our most recent episode, I I did for the first time in like ever or for a long time. And I feel like it's a little misleading. I I am, you know, going to be like impartial for sure. But I like to think that I do a little bit of research. I I go and I I get beer uh, that I've heard good things about. So it might not be a total blind test, I guess in that way. So that's maybe why I don't have so many like bad reviews. It's like, oh, I've been hearing about that. I need to try it. And usually I'm hearing about it because it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I, maybe I, I gotta get the, the old blindfold out a little bit more because I'm not trying to kiss anybody's butt. I, I will tell you, like, I, I'm not feeling this. But uh, so far, you know, and maybe it's also a, a tip of the cap to the fact that a lot of Chicagoland breweries are just amazing. Mm-hmm. That could also be a thing. Uh, there's usually something that you like at at most of them, and even the ones that don't necessarily like blow my mind I would still give a for the most part, favorable review just to say like, oh, this is very drinkable. This is smooth. It's like, it's not, you know, blowing my stack as far as like being anything unique or a crazy like flavor. Like you put what in this beer? Like, it's not always like that, but sometimes a good beer is just a good beer to say like, hey, you know what? There's nothing revolutionary going on in here, but I would sip this in the backyard barbecue season like all day long. And uh, I feel like I encounter a lot of beers like that too. So I I try to, like you said, you know, I don't want to kiss anybody's butt, uh, but a lot of this stuff is Legit good to varying degrees. There's not too many people you have to completely pan and say, like, this tastes like mud. Like, do, right. you, do you think you've run across that a lot? I, I haven't yet.
1: I no. I, I can't say that I have. And and to your point, I think um, there are certain beers for certain moods. And not only that, but beer is completely and utterly subjective. Oh, yeah. So it's all a matter of opinion anyway. So I've had, for example, you know, in reference to other people doing beer content, again, what I pride myself on is authenticity. Um, one thing that I I've encountered is is a lot of people saying well who are you who are you to <laughs> who are you to be reviewing these beers in detail I'm just the guy that loves beer yeah. I love beer and I have the vocabulary and the knowledge to speak about it to articulate it and I think that's where uh, most people most people don't necessarily have that skill uh, so I think I'm I like to think I'm providing a service to people to inform them a little bit better on the, the purchases that they make, you know, because craft beer is expensive. Oh yeah. Um, you know, although the, the margins for brewers aren't necessarily favorable for them, it's still expensive for the consumer. So it's costly on both sides, both for the consumer as well as for brewers to be putting out this type of product. So I think it's important for buyers to be, uh, for, for people in the market to be at least somewhat informed on what they're getting before they get it. So I, I like to think that I'm providing people a service in that sense. Um,
0: and that, that actually kind of goes hand in hand with like what I just said, where it's like, yeah, maybe I'm not giving a lot of bad reviews cause I sort of like I hear good things and therefore then I seek it out. So whether that's through you or some other channel, like, Oh, Hey, like, he says this is good. He likes beer. Maybe we don't have the same palate and like the same things, but it's enough that if I'm hearing it from one, two, five, you know, friends or or people that maybe you would say are more of a I don't wanna say that we're all experts, but like, you know, somebody that you know, has some skin in the game, has some experience, knows mm-hmm. what they're talking about more than like your average Joe. That wasn't supposed to be a pun, but there you go. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I only seek out things that either I, I've heard good things about, or I'm walking around a Benny's or where, wherever, and I just, something strikes me and it's like, Oh, that sounds cool. Like either cause of the flavor it's supposed to be, or Sometimes it could be as simple as the can art or a funny pun or there's so many things that make me order a beer at a bar or or pick it up off the store shelf. And and to what you said as far as like you want to help people make informed choices with their money, because it is expensive, you have no idea how excited I get when I can find like a four-pack of a craft beer for $9.99 or less that blows my mind just mm-hmm. as much, if not more, than mm-hmm. the 15, 16 and up four packs where it's like, oh, I love this beer, but yeah, I don't love that price. So Right, right. <laughs> and I try
1: to do somewhat of that that same thing as well. I I, I try to consider a lot of variables when I review these beers in and uh and what I do because There are so many beers out there that are hyped up that are quality, and some that are that can be a little bit overhyped, you know. Yeah. Um, But again, it's all a matter of 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 opinion. It's all subjective at the end of the day. Um, Where I I believe I provide another area of value is um, you know just entertaining content in terms of those variables. So um, talking about a 9.99 four pack that really blew my mind was is something that I am interested in doing as well. Just to provide that value and say, "Hey, this ninety nine nine ninety nine four pack is just as good as this fifteen ninety nine four pack of the hottest brewery out right now." Right. Um, you know, I think it's important to to give the other breweries a lot of recognition, and uh, I think a lot of times people get lost in the hype and buzz of uh, larger name breweries or breweries that are hot at the time. Yeah. You know? Um,
0: that's definitely a thing. (laughs) It's a hundred percent a thing, hundred percent
1: a thing. So I like to provide love on kind of on both sides of the equation. Those, those real top tier beers that are being sold and being hyped up. uh, Those are the the beers that I like to dive into real excruciating detail about because those are where the real craft beer nerds are. And those are the people that, that appreciate those details. But on the other end of the spectrum, I like to compare those same beers and I've done it before. I've done it in the past in a, a segment of my show called the pit. Where I pit different uh, beers against each other of mm-hmm. one particular style. So I actually had most recently, I don't know if you saw it, but I had a, a panel version of the pit. Yeah, where, you were
0: on location.
1: Right. I was on, um, I was actually at uh, Crafted 1979 in Mokina. Okay. Um, uh with uh, a couple of uh influencers uh chicago beer who's on instagram his name is mike zoller he writes for porch drinking chicago very Mm -hmm. cool dude um obviously joe bobby of average joe's above average beer podcast uh he's a good dude as well um and then i had two of the brothers from brothership brewing they are a home brewing uh duo that is uh, making some strides into the the business realm of of beer as well maybe opening up their own place uh very soon. So um, those guys were all awesome to have on. I really uh, appreciated them. But we pitted uh, barrel aged beers against each other. So barrel aged stouts mostly, and one barrel aged porter, which I, I actually mistakenly threw into the mix. Um, but <laughs> we, yeah, we we dove in, into that in detail. But it was a blind uh, review is applying blind assessment. So these guys had no idea what they were trying. And there was a uh, handful of different beers with different variables. So there was, you know, some bourbon County stout in there. There was the 2017 prop. I had the 2018 vanilla. I had, uh, um, from horse Thief hollow over here on Western. I had their cinnamon girl from uh, a year ago. Nice. Um, you know, so there was, there was a, a handful of beers, I think, five or six beers that had a lot of different variables, some of them being different years, being different bottle or can sizes, being in-state not out state big name brewery, small name brewery, uh, just to, to see how those variables kind of stacked up against each other and what they actually meant. Um... So that's the type of content that I really, really enjoy doing that really detailed, valuable content to bring to people. Because when the reveal comes around, it's like, oh, well, I didn't know it was that beer, you know?
0: Yeah, I've I've dabbled with that just like casually with like friends. Uh, I want to say maybe this past New Year's, I think uh, I was at a buddy's house. And so not not fully blind, like blind as to what we were tasting, but we had like our, our, cans and bottles like lined up and it was like, which one was this, which one was that just to see like your palate. Like if you, if you knew what was what, um, but yeah, being like completely blind where like you guys were tasting and, uh, I take it outside of yourself cause you, you brought the beers, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of yourself, you didn't even know what was on the docket. So it wasn't just like drawing an arrow to like this beer was that one. Like they didn't even know what the, that ones were when they were tasting. Correct. Correct. correct, Yeah. yeah. So, uh, definitely. And I actually didn't participate.
1: I just hosted the, the panel, uh, because I knew what the beers were and where they were. Um, I set up the whole thing, so I, I chose not to participate, obviously, because I, I enjoy that whole blindfolded aspect. I mean, yeah. that's when things get really, really real. And that's where you take away the face of of craft beer and the hype of of who's who, and it just comes down to the liquid.
0: It's it's like the, the beer version. It, it might not be on as large of like a, a scale or like a price difference as like when you do that with the wine industry, where it's like, hey, like here's a five dollar bottle of wine, and I think it tastes just as good as this hundred dollar bottle of wine. The beer price differential it might not be that drastic but same kind of ideas like what would you say when you don't know when there's no marketing uh preconceived notion who's bigger who's more popular what's the correct more popular answer to say like mm-hmm. you have to say what you really feel and and mm-hmm. as you said a subjective way because what you think might not match what i think might not match what they think and and that's the coolest thing about it so uh cheers to that segment for sure like yeah. that i'm glad that went really well for you
1: yeah, it was awesome. It ended up getting uh, racked up maybe like three and a half thousand views, or sorry, three and a half thousand. That's uh, uh actually no, thirty five hundred. That's three and a half thousand. That is. I, that I, is. I was, just, I was just thinking, a different th- way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking <laughs> thir- thirty five thousand. Yeah, three and a, three and a half thousand, three point five k views on the video. Uh, hopefully, after this, maybe some more people will watch it. But. Um, yeah. Uh, just to wrap up, you know what I do with my content, I pride myself on authenticity. I, I, I really just believe in bringing value and I'm also bringing people along on my journey of me learning more and more and more and more about
0: the industry. Um, and you said that journey has been about a year and a half now. I think you were telling me off Mike.
1: Yeah. it's uh, It's been about a year and a half. I, I started, I might've started earlier. I, I want to say I started January 1st of 2018. Um, So closer to the year and a half mark now, we're in uh, April, midway through April. So yeah, about a year and four and a half months. Um, It's been a long journey. And I I come from the the reason that I started my show, uh, that I started doing this beer content is because of my ability to articulate um, the details about beer. And then it developed into much, much more than that. Um, so, uh, it's been a hell of a journey. I, I came from a, a bar restaurant background. I worked in bar restaurant industry for about 12 years. Uh, I used to work at the Brass Tap in Orland Park, which was voted, okay. voted number one craft beer bar in the state, two years running. So for 2017 and 2018, they were number one craft beer bar. Awesome place. Very cool people to work for. Probably the best place I've ever worked in the industry ever. Um, Aside from that, I'm now working in distribution, so I'm learning about that side of things. Uh, very, very interesting. It's definitely a tough time to be a beer rep, especially today. In today's day and age in Chicago, super, super tough. Yeah. Very, very competitive, but it's not at the same time, so... Um, anyway, just to, uh, we'll move on from, from me and, uh, let me, let me ask you, because I'm going to be showing this video on my page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let me ask you what, what got you started on, I'm flipping the script on you. Now, yeah. Right. Now it's I'm a, hosting.
0: The, the, the hunter has become the hunted or the interviewee and the interviewer. It's that's just going to flip flop back and forth through this whole thing. Pretty that's much right. is, is yep. what we're doing when, when you co-brand, that's how it works. Um, so for me, uh, I, I'd say how I got started with the After Work Drinks podcast, um, the shortest, more, most concise way of like how it became the sum of all parts, Uh, So when I started college at uh, St. Xavier University, south side of Chicago, um, you know, I I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I was just kind of worried about like, I'm a freshman entering this place and I'm just worried about good grades. So a couple of friends were like, Hey, we're signing up for the college radio station. Like, you know, like you should do it with us. It's going to be so much fun. And I was like, Oh, I really love music. That sounds great. But I'm just like worried, like how intense is this going to be with like workload and stuff? So first semester, I just kind of wanted to take care of the academics. Second semester, I jumped board, uh, jumped on board with them, and I basically never like looked back. It was by far the most fun and, and fulfilling time of my life, uh, the best years. Uh, made some lifelong friends doing that, and so that's kind of where the the audio, video, uh, tech side of of the podcasting uh, skill, I guess, repertoire would come from is is learning audio that way, and and. Just, having a passion for that uh the beer side of make a a beer podcast uh there was actually like talks amongst myself and a couple friends of doing like a, a youtube type show uh based around like beer and just like with work schedules and like and people like going back to school and and different things like that it was just really hard to get you know the more people that are involved in in your show and you have to work around that many schedules, it just gets hard. And that never got off the ground. But I always kind of took like the principles of what that might have been and had it knocking around in the back of my head uh, until one day I was just kind of like, man, you know what? Like when you go to like a friend's house, you know, for a party or just to hang or whatever, I find myself that we all have an interest in craft beer. We all love trying new things. We all love going to that new brewery that opened. We all love trying that new thing from brewery X, Y, or Z. Um, hey man, like have you have you seen this yet? Are you just oh hey, I got some, like come over this weekend, like we'll try it out. And you know, there's no microphones in your face, but you kind of shoot the shit and have that kind of like down to earth, uh, very, very real, very authentic, as you keep saying, uh, conversation, you know, just like the natural flow of it. So one day a light bulb just clicked in my head. I was like, well, what if I tried to like do a podcast that was based around the alcohol industry and, uh, you know, just actually recorded the thoughts, uh, and and maybe threw in some entertainment value too, because, you know, a person could know everything to the nth degree about beer But if they're just dry and boring and it's like, okay, man, this is like the audio equivalent of like paint drying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't want that either. So I'm like, what if. That's
1: always the go-to analogy is paint drying. Yeah. Yeah. Realize that.
0: So I I just, I, I, I just sat there one day and I was like, all right, there's no reason I can't do this. Like I know how, uh, anything I don't know how I'll learn and I'll brush up on and i think i'm pretty entertaining i'm usually like in my circle of friends like oh yeah goofy pooch you know he's over here there's a barrel of of monkeys and so i was just like all right i think i can do this i think i can have enough of like a, a serious take on uh you know bringing light to different beer different breweries uh people in the industry that you know maybe deserve to have some more eyes on them because they're doing great things uh, as so many are i was like there's a way i can do that and still mix in other content from other realms of interest so uh you know we've had people that are musicians on that are our friends that drink so they can basically still participate and comment on the, the beer aspect of the show, but still tell me like what they do as a career, as a musician, as a comedian, as a whatever. So they're bringing some of the entertainment value. And then I love it. I love it. I'm just a goofy ass guy. Versatility. Yeah. And I'm just a goofy ass guy. So like, if you want to call it like a variety show that always circles back around to like alcohol, I think that might be the fair thing to, to, to Just say. Just
1: sitting and drinking.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we could wave at the camera. We've got our beers right here. And, and right. what are we doing? We're sitting here, we're drinking, we're talking. That's and, right. And that's all it is. And it's a fun time. And, you know, if watching authentic, us... Authentic, man. Authentic. Yeah. Like
1: I said, authenticity. I and, love it.
0: And if it's not enough for you to to sit there and listen and, and watch us do this, then you go to your fridge and you grab a beer that you want to drink along with us while you listen and view. And then nobody's left out. We're all doing the same thing. Am that's I right? That's
1: right. Very social activity. I love the the communal part about beer. Is that it, it? That's part of what I love about beer and why my why beer is my passion. Actually, I could wholeheartedly say that the craft beer industry is my passion. I I really really enjoy it. But not only do I just love the liquid, I love the community. I love the the social aspect that it brings. Oh yeah. I mean. There's nothing like, like going home after work and cracking a beer with some friends or, or just having a conversation over a beer with a, a friend or or maybe just some people that you just met. You know, you never know. Yeah. But beer brings people together, undoubtedly. So that's one of the best things about the industry.
0: A hundred percent agree and I I've said it like multiple times on the on the podcast. I hope people that aren't like loyal listeners like say, Oh, he's going off on this again for the umpteenth episode in a row. But I do always like to point out that I, I don't feel uh like the craft beer industry is um competitive in the sense that people are like cutthroat at each other like everybody wants no. everybody else to succeed and in that sense of community it's just like hey like 100 i own a brewery we're doing pretty well this guy just opened a brewery and you know what i don't want to tell you buy our beer instead of his i want to tell you like hey like he's our buddy too we're all pals here we're all looking out for each other we're all promoting each other. Like, go check him out too. And, uh, I know we have a ton of, uh, topics that, that you want to touch on today, but I yep. guess one thing that I'll just throw out, if, if you don't mind me just picking it off the the, the list, the list yeah. uh, you got the, the Dixie highway brewery trail, uh, that oh, just, that's a good
1: topic. just yep. got
0: going, uh, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a perfect example of community. it's, eight breweries along the Dixie highway and they're going to like let you do your little passport as you stop at each one. And at the end, after you've did the whole like visit them all thing, you're supposed to get some, some cool like gift or swag. I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if you have the inside info on what that is, Mm -hmm. but um, that's a perfect example of these eight breweries could be all like, Hey, screw those seven other guys. Come to me, drink our beer. And that's not what the craft beer community is about at all. It is about fostering like prosperity for everybody, and in this Mm -hmm. case, all eight of these breweries want you to go to the other seven and experience it all, and I think that is just the coolest thing, and I can't name too many other industries, like, if any, really, where that's the case, because this... Uh, MMA company wants you to buy their pay-per-view instead of that MMA company. This right. gas station wants you to buy their brand instead of the one kitty corner. Burger King wants you to get a Whopper instead of going to McDonald's and getting or the even, double filet or, of fish or whatever's going or on. even
1: more closely related, you don't see like, what's what's the next competitive thing in, in alcohol? Like you would think that craft beer would be extremely competitive, but let's talk about wine. Yeah. I mean, wine is insanely competitive. Yes. It's unbelievably competitive, but you don't see... You know, uh, a lot of winemakers that are—is uh, that the technical term? I really don't know shit about wine. To be yeah, honest, yeah,
0: um, I, I, I
1: drink I drink red red wine occasionally, but red, only red wine.
0: So, so uh, the one thing that, that that's funny is I, I know like a little bit about like wine in a casual sense. Cause like, I'll drink it like with a meal or something. It's usually like out somewhere. Sure. Uh, usually with like insert, whatever, uh, some, significant ta- some other. Italian food, yeah, some Italian food, insert like a significant other, like, very romantic, you know, whatever yeah. it's going on like that. Um, so I, I drink wine and, and, and maybe know like some of the basics, but by no means do I know everything. Um, but from like the, the things that I've experienced is that, yeah, it can be very, very cutthroat. Uh, I can't say that I'm an expert and can like posit exactly the reason why, but uh, I, I do know that it's like, you know, most of your wine comes from certain pockets of, of the world where it's like, sure. hey, man, we're, we're mashing the grapes here. We're cranking it out. And like, yeah, you can get a wine in Chicago or wherever else. But, you know, the main like vineyards uh, where the wine's coming from, I don't have the exact percentage now without pulling out the Google machine, but it's very focused. So I'm I'm thinking it's that very it's, prestigious. Yeah. And I think it's just very like competitive in the sense that it's like, hey, like brewery, like you can get what you need to make beer and you can do that anywhere. Like, you know, set up shop wherever you'd like where wine like, yeah, you can have like wine and serve it wherever all across the, you know, the world. But like those vineyards, that original starting point. There's only like so many, and there's definitely certain parts uh, of the U.S. or like in other countries, obviously Italy, you know, and right. and and that's where like it primarily is coming from and and is known for. So I'm thinking because of that fact that that may just do like the whole snowball effect of why it's like this is very focused and and it's cutthroat. Where beer, I think, if you want to do beer, and you know what you're doing you can make that happen just about anywhere without relying on like that, that certain place where everything's sourced from.
1: Sure. Um, but I also think that, that, uh, farmers actually control that, that aspect of, of the beer world is where, where it's all coming from. You know, I, That's actually, that's a a whole nother story that we should get into at a different time. But, um, farmers are responsible for a lot of the ingredients that these brewers are receiving. And, uh, a lot of them are, they basically control the market, you know, how it goes, where it goes and what, at what speed it goes. Right. Um, but a lot of them deserve a lot of credit for some of these hops that they're, that they're farming up and growing. Uh, it's really, really incredible because it, it gives us all these, this top notch beer that we're drinking today. Um, but for the sake of, of progress, uh, Dixie trail. So we were talking about yes, Dixie community,
0: trail. community and the Dixie trail. <laughs> That's
1: right. Um, I don't know much about it to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't think I, I only just learned about it. So, uh, I think that it's, I think that it's a good idea. I like those 10 tacker signs that they were given out. Yeah. The yeah. They look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think that, um, you know, and you work at open outcry, correct?
0: Uh, yes, I, I I dabble a little bit there. Okay. I, I have I have a role. Uh, so you have, may you may see me at uh, at some of their their fests pouring their beer this summer. There that, you go. That, that should be a thing.
1: Um, so they, if if I'm not mistaken, they're on the Dixie Trail. From what I saw, I saw an Instagram post yesterday. All right. So account.
0: I'll start it. I guess uh, top from bottom here. Uh, I've got the map out. So you've got Horse Thief Hollow. Sure. Open outcry. Yep. Blue Island, mm-hmm. uh, you've got Rabid Brewing, you've got Flossmore you've got Vice District Brewing, mm-hmm. you've got One Trick Pony out there in Lansing off to the side. They're the sure. furthest off the off the Dixie. And then at the end of the road, you have Evil Horse Brewing. So sure. you basically That's got... That's in
1: Crete, isn't it?
0: Uh, Evil Horse?
1: Yes. Yeah, I believe, I believe it's in Crete.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's past Park Forest. It's past Chicago Heights. Yeah, I think it's right there by Crete this cartoony this cartoony map it's uh it's breaking it it's breaking it down for me but uh i'm i'm not good i don't know up from down i'm a, I'm a gps user <laughs> uh but yeah so you got eight breweries all in this cool partnership where it's community and they're encouraging you to go check out the other seven people partnered in this and uh each stop along the way you i guess check off your passport or whatever for having a beer there and then when you've visited all eight uh now, it depends which one of these eight you see. They've all been posting about it. Uh, I personally have have seen uh, John Brand, owner and proprietor of Open Outcry, posting about it. And as he likes to word it, I don't know if the other seven breweries will, but as he likes to word it, at the end of that journey, when you get your eighth one, you will receive some hashtag dope Swag. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that dope. That sounds swag sounds is. like a John thing to say. Yeah, he dope and swag are like two big things that he likes to say for sure. So uh, I I don't know what that's gonna be. Is is it maybe did they do a, a collaboration T-shirt for the the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail? I don't know. Uh, a hoodie, maybe like a, a glass or something. Like who knows? But a, a little bit of like a a swag item or maybe swag bag. I I don't know. They're being vague and that's probably intentional because they want it to be a surprise. So until some people out there, it just started. I suppose if you're gung ho, you could have like knocked it out like these last couple days that it's been, it's been going and maybe somebody knows what they received. But until the first person gets it and starts blowing it out there on social media, I don't know what dope swag means, but it sounds like it's going to be cool.
1: <laughs> it's, it's really good for the South side. I oh, think it's yeah. great. I think it's great for the South side. That's Southeast, the Southeast area of Chicagoland uh, if you look, take a look at Western, this uh, this area, you know, six years ago wasn't what it was, and that has, in terms of Western Avenue, it has a lot to do with those breweries being added. You know, I think Horse Thief Hollow was one of the first, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I uh, I think Blue Island came after that, and then Open outcry, of course, uh, in early 2017, correct? Yeah, I want to say
0: it was like uh, around 20. Som- I think it was around summer, so it's coming up on like the two year anniversary.
1: Yeah so um I mean I think it's been a great addition to the south side to uh, just bring up the area a little bit um you know uh, nobody knows better about that than John does though oh yeah. Course. John John's a, a huge proprietor of the south side and yeah. I lo- I love what he's done for the community in terms of bringing bringing that sense of community
0: oh yeah and like he's Always, always talking about like other other businesses in the neighborhood. He's always hashtagging 19th Ward. He he's proud of where he lives. He's proud of where he operates, uh, as you know most people should be. And uh, he also he knows his history, uh, both of the city and of beer history in this city. And so if you go, I don't know where it would be at this point, but uh, when you see this, if you go to open outcries like social media like facebook and you scroll through and you find like the post that he made for open outcry about this dixie brewery trail uh he goes into like what it actually was like the year that it originated and how it was a way for like the midwest to get like down like south and like i believe it was like to get out towards miami and like its original intention and how many decades it's existed so do uh slap some breweries that just happen to be nearby enough to to make this this brewery trail is is a really cool idea and uh whether it's me or you or somebody else in this racket uh, I definitely would like someone to ask that question of those breweries is like how long did you guys like chitter chatter you know and and work on this until the big reveal because i you feel know, like i, I, didn't can, hear about I it can't i can't imagine
1: recently. yeah but i can't imagine it it would be that long you know but considering going back to our our topic of uh the beer industry being communal yeah and how each uh brewery is willing to help each other out uh, establishing a a trail you know and for those that are watching the video, quotations, trail, because I know there's there's a couple off off the Dixie Highway. Uh, like yeah. you said, uh, One Trick Pony in Lansing, and obviously uh, it, it's not all on Dixie Highway, just so you guys know. Yeah. It's not all. there. I mean, they're, in, in, a, sepa- they're in, a, in separate spaces.
0: In a general sense, it's close enough that you can call yeah, what it what Yeah, it's it.
1: definitely close. It's on the route. But um, I, I can't imagine that it would have taken them that long to uh, agree or, or cook up this sort of idea because, uh, first of all, they're there hasn't been like a coalition or an association, you know, uh, uniting these breweries in the, this area, you know, other than just the fact that they're there. Right. So this is something that kind of unites uh, these breweries together into uh, a, for lack of a better term, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a cornucopia. I'm, ter- I'm <laughs> terrible. A uh, cornucopia of breweries. A cornucopia of breweries. A plethora. Like a plethora of breweries. We'll say that. I, I, I think maybe what, what. I don't know if that's the word, but
0: what would maybe be the most realistic thing to call this is like how many times have you got together with some buddies and said like, hey, let's do some brewery hopping. What's close to each other? Let's plan our route. Yeah. Essentially, this is them planning your route for you. Hey, you don't have to do exactly. it all in one exactly. day, but here's eight breweries that are close enough in proximity if you travel up this general direction you can hit these eight and so yeah like did it require rocket science no but is it a cool thing that they all agreed to partner up and, and do and it does it help promote and hopefully send business to all the others yes yes it mm-hmm. does and for that it's it's really awesome
1: yeah i think so too uh real quick let's take a break and talk about the beer we're drinking before yeah. before mine is gone. before it's empty right yeah yeah so um here i've got we're, we're kind of going in a random order we'll probably go light to dark um, as you normally should. That,
0: that's the way I like to do it.
1: Um, let's, uh, let's talk about this. So this beer I got from district Brewyards, yes, which I just went to the soft opening. We'll kind of work that into this conversation, but this is uh Tilly from bulldog beer company, a mango papaya Hefeweizen. Um, typically it's not my style, the Hefeweizen and for the people watching the video, there you go.
0: I, I will echo that sentiment. Like I don't mind a Hefeweizen, but I don't gun for it it's not my go-to it never is but i am always willing to try when there's a, a unique style unique version unique flavor and I, I think this has that going on for me like mm-hmm. I, i'm pretty pretty into this i'm liking this one
1: it's actually not bad um considering the style if i'm gonna drink any sort of version of a wheat beer whatsoever which uh, i have advised Eisen, for those who don't know that are listening to your podcast is a uh, a german style wheat beer um this is adjuncted with mango and papaya. I don't know if they used the actual fruit, but there is some fruity notes. I'm, I'm catching uh, the mango is the dominant fruit for between, sure between the two, but it's actually not on the sweet side and it's, it, uh, all things considered it's refreshing. Um, typically you'll get kind of that spice characteristic from a lot of wheat beers out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Getting that for and, sure. And for this clocking in at 4.6%, it's a really refreshing brew.
0: Yeah. Uh, and just, I guess, looking at the, the can here, it's telling telling me that there is a, a subtle banana aroma. So I, I skipped that part. I didn't try to sniff. Let me do that right now.
1: Yeah, you'll typically get that in a in a Hefeweizen. You'll always catch uh, either banana or clove is what will be found in a lot of uh, traditional Hefeweizens. If you if, if anybody out there has ever had, I'm sure they have plenty of people. Uh, behind Stefaner is a, a very... A uh, popular German brewery, uh, among Spatten who also does uh, Hefeweizen. Uh, pretty much any ger- German brewery out there will will do a Hefeweizen. But I think behind is the one that sticks out to me most when it comes to the aroma of a, of a Hefeweizen, being banana and clove. Um, typically, it's real strong banana on the nose. I don't know if you can really catch that here. I'm not catching much myself. Yeah. I hope no, you guys. I-, I hope you guys can hear that. Sn- <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
0: See, you don't have to just sniff your wine and, and swish your wine you can do it with beer too kids it's fun C-
1: certainly can so um, yeah I'm not I'm not really catching maybe my sense of smell is terrible right now but I'm just doing the tasting today
0: um yeah I don't really catch it
1: on the nose but I, I'm a banana fan
0: this. in 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 general whether that be like in hmm. in beers or in i am too baking and such so I, I feel like i would pick up on it right away and i agree with you i'm, I'm not really getting it um
1: i think the mango and papaya probably uh dominate you know, yeah yeah they dominate they, they'll taper down that banana if you get real strong tropical fruits like those two uh um, the good
0: thing is i'm a mango and papaya guy so that, i think that's why like i, I, love I said mango i love
1: mango mango is my favorite fruit i Man, will go fucking ape shit bananas for mango
0: yeah I, I, I'm, pun. I'm with you. On, <laughs> I'm with you on that one for sure. And so I think like the fact that those are overpowering, I'm like, well, banana, I do like you, but if mango and papaya are the thing that's blocking you out from my palate, I'm fine with that. That, that tastes wonderful. Uh, and like I said, like when we do beer reviews, we don't, often break it down to like, and these are the types of hops that were used, but since it's on the can and I can sound smart throwing it well, not, I can't sound smart anymore. I just said, I'm reading it off the can, but <laughs> I could have played it off like, Oh, I recognize that hop. Uh, citrusy cascade hops. So
1: cascade cascade is used a lot in, um, which you don't see them a whole lot anymore. Um, black IPAs, or what, what some, some brewers in, on the West coast have, have called them is a Cascadian dark ale. Which like you that. should you should just really call it what it is. It's a fucking black IPA.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it sounds more fancy though. I, I see why they Cascadian.
1: I see a lot of yeah, it does sound fancy. I see a lot of uh, cascade hops and uh, black IPAs, but um, I'm gonna grab another beer. Do that. But let's talk about. Um, I want to hear your take on District Brewyards. I know you haven't been there yet, but uh, you know, you know the general concept, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, essentially, I, I don't know if maybe this. I know we're going light to dark, and I forget what the other breweries from the District Brewyards uh, that you picked up offerings from. But if you have something that would further this conversation. Uh, Okay, so if if what you have from, from Around the Bend and Burnt City isn't too uh, too dark, if we're not skipping ahead on our, our planned journey of light to dark here. So right now, you know, we're drinking this guy here, the the Tilly from Bulldog. Uh, Bulldog is partnering with Burnt City and Around the Bend, uh, and they just recently opened the District Brew Yards, uh, which is on Ashland, is it, uh Four thousand forty one hundred north block of Ashland, is that 4, correct? 7, 4, so four
1: seventeen North Ashland. Four seventeen,
0: okay. It's so it's so way, I'm so I'm way it's in I'm West way Town. too up there. I knew there was a four in it. It's up there somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's in West Town. Um so yeah, I do have some some offerings here. Uh, these are not I'll give you guys the premise and, and for those that wanna read a little written review about what I thought about this place. Uh, it's it's actually beautiful. I I was so amazed when I went there. Um, it was really just beyond words. So, uh, for those that want to listen to a, a, or read a review, you can check that out on my Facebook and Instagram. It page. was
0: it was very poetic. Yeah, your words were much like the fancy word Cascadian. I was I was <laughs> I was eating it up. You had a good uh, a good I guess like. Um, if, if,
1: my vocabulary is is a, a little above par. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like it, you <laughs> definitely brought me that feeling of like, okay, I'm in first person view now, and I'm closing my eyes, and, and I'm just like. Seeing what you're describing to me as far as like what hits your eyes first when you walk in and, and, you know, this goes this way and then over here we've got this. Uh, a really good job of breaking it down where if you don't have the visual, like, it still makes sense. And Luckily, I had the visuals. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So there's a couple of, like, video walkthroughs. There's some yeah. pictures. I had some um, videos
1: and pictures on there, too.
0: Yeah. I initially, initially read about it uh, on the Tribune article, which I think had one or two pictures, which looked cool, but obviously if you're using one or two photos, you can pick a really cool-ass thing to take a photo of. Uh, I think... If you go and check out your content, you kind of get the more full feel of what it looks like on the whole and what everything is. Uh, and of course, you've got the three breweries, the three walls. Uh, you were there firsthand, so you, you can speak to that better than I can.
1: Yeah. it's um. Well, let me take you back to my third episode of Beer Banter. I sat down with Dan Shedler from Around the Bend. Okay. Uh, we spoke briefly at that time, which had to have been, man... Um, I want to say it was in the summertime last last year, summer 2018 is where I want to, what I want to say or when I want to say that was, but uh, he gave me a little bit of insight, showed me some uh, pictures of the space off camera, of course, um, and it, it looks totally different now, but I, I did have an inside scoop. Uh, maybe about six to eight months ahead of time so or maybe even longer than that at this point. but um, I was anticipating this. Uh, I, I wasn't anticipating it to be as beautiful of a space as it was and originally when Dan had told me about the concept, um, I was I was still a little foggy. yeah um, so for those who don't know, the concept is it's three breweries in one. Uh, there is three sections for each individual brewery, so around the Ben Burnt City and Bulldog, but there's also a fourth wall. They call the fourth wall. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. So, um, the way I like to describe it is, is uh, when you walk in, you walk into a, a, a very well decorated and well lit atrium, uh, which is also uh, simultaneously a to go beer and merchandise store. Um, in that same room you can also enter and peer into the brew house Uh, so they have a massive brew house some really nice storage space a a whole separate area for canning and you can actually can your own beer there Uh, which is a really really cool experience to have for those who have never done that before you get to go and can your own beer Um,
0: it's like you've you've seen the 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 crowler machines at places and you're like that's really cool this is
1: that times 10
0: yeah it's like hey you got a bartender that does it for you, but now you get the hands-on do it for yourself. Uh, as are the the regular pours, if I saw correctly, right?
1: Yeah, so uh, that's part of their their whole concept is that it's a it's a self pouring beer hall. So again, if you're in the atrium, uh, you'll go from there into the beer hall where each brewery will have its own individual section. Uh, ten taps, they have ten taps each. Um, and there are screens at each uh, tap where you can walk up and pour your own beer. And the way the way it happens is is you you'll slide your card in the slot, you will look at the the options available on the screen and if you're not if you're not one for human interaction, you can actually just read the descriptions on the screen of each individual beer. But there is also if you're looking for a little bit more hands-on experience or or personal touch, uh, they're not entirely rid of, of consumer-to-business interaction, so they have a, a an educated and knowledgeable beer guide there to kind of help point you in the right direction. But you'll go up, you'll slide your card in the slot, and you'll pour your own beer, and it charges you based on the ounces that you pour for yourself. Uh, so I think that's really cool. You can have as much or as little as you want.
0: Yeah, it's not like a like a predetermined amount is gonna come out on you like every every serving. It's like what do what you want.
1: Correct, correct. And I think that's that's really smart on their part because it's it's super efficient. It leaves the the consumer in charge of how much they're spending, uh, which in turn I think will bring more people there because they can have again as much or as little as they
0: want. Kind of uh, kind of lends itself to the like the whole idea of like you get a flight. Hey, can I get a taste of that before I order like a full pour? Well, I mean, if you're getting charged by like the, the ounce or whatever it may be, like you're in control of that. So if you're like, let me taste this first, you're pouring your own beer. You can do that. And that's, that's really cool.
1: You're like, I, I mean, you can say it like this as well. Like if, if you want, um, if you really like a beer that you're drinking, but you've already had, you know, enough. But you can have maybe like a little bit more. You're not gonna pour yourself a full beer. You can go ahead and pour yourself two ounces or six ounces of that beer, or even seven point three ounces of that beer. It doesn't matter. It's like uh, it's
0: like the waitress just trying to warm up your coffee for you. Let me just top off a little more of that stout, and then I'll be good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a uh, it, it's a really cool concept. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and and not only did I enjoy the 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 type of service flow, the self pour but also I enjoyed just the decor, the way the beer hall was, it was very open and communal. They did have, uh, some barbecue food there and some smoked meats, which were fantastic. Sm-
0: smoked meats are a good thing with, with any beer, I think. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And this in
1: particular, they had some smoked brisket there oh. and pastrami sandwiches that oh, were just God. fucking fantastic. Really, really good stuff.
0: Um, oh, if they have a good pastrami, I'm going to be in there like George Costanza. If anybody catches that, reference.
1: <laughs> uh, they, so they have, they also have the the fourth wall, which I'm most interested in. So not only is it just around the Bend, Burn City, and Bulldog, uh, 10 options each, so that's 30 beers already. There's also 10 taps on the fourth wall, which will be designated for collaborations as well as guest taps. Um, so now do
0: they elaborate with you? Cause I like my initial thing that I I read on this was from the Tribune and they mentioned that that's what it's doing for now. And now I don't know if, if this was told to them in an interview or if this is just the newspaper positing, but they're like, Oh, maybe at some point there'd be a fourth brewery that would take that over. And I know you set off Mike before we started this, that you like it better with the whole collab and guest beer thing. I think I'm kind of leaning towards you on that as well. Um, so there's that. And then also what I would ask you if, if you're privy to this information, uh, will the collabs be just between those three breweries or other outside breweries collaborating with any of them?
1: That I don't know. Um, hundred percent. I don't know, but I'm, just speculating i will say that i think it's i think it's going to be from in-house breweries collaborating with other breweries as well okay so there actually was a collaboration on uh around the bends lineup when i went to this soft opening um between maplewood and around the ben it was maple or around the bend's first uh hazy contribution okay which was actually really fantastic nice. um so yeah, I, I, um, I enjoy the space. I, th- I think it's fantastic. Uh, the huge base style windows that'll open up in the summertime. Um, they're talking about, uh, knocking out a wall and putting in a patio. They just need approval approval from the city. Nice. So that's really, really exciting as well. I just had a great experience. Um, you know, shout out to, uh, Lacey Irving who, uh, uh, allowed me to, to come to the soft opening and, and do some media coverage and uh, took care of me as well as uh, Dan Shedler from Around the Bend, uh, John and Ben Seller of uh, of Burnt City, and then Jerome and Sherry Stantz of, of Bulldog. I, again, big public shout out to those guys for, for allowing me to, to come and uh, sending me home with some delicious beer um speaking of we're going to jump into the next one if yeah you wanna, so to oh, polish it off so
0: overall did we uh w- are we both uh, a fan of tilly
1: i was a fan yeah uh,
0: i agree i, I would pine pint up pints up yes pints I, up. I will lift it to the the heavens uh both hands um Kiss. really good like i said the the, the hefeweizen I, I love saying the word because i just you know i oh it
1: makes you feel foreign
0: t- to say it like proper you kind of have to almost like overdo it and i feel like i'm being a jackass but the hefeweizen hefeweizen Hefeweizen. (laughs) um like i said not typically my thing but this is this is one of those exceptions to the rule i i do love the the flavor that's going on there so yeah big pints up on that one um
1: we're going out of order so we're i just figured i I keep the theme with district brew yards and i'm gonna pour this one up there you go i poured myself too much um this is around the bend extra circus brute ipa now one thing i will say about this is that uh dan shedler actually had told me that this is the best version yet of this okay beer.
0: all right so the if it's if it's not perfection yet it's the closest thing they've come to with their recipe yes
1: and they just started doing 16 ounce cans as well they used to do 12 ounce cans for a long time um but this is a 7.5 percent alcohol by volume Brute IPA and I'm just so people know I'm reading this off the can I'm not this smart. Um yes. hops are Idaho 7 and Mosaic. It pairs well with oysters, salt and vinegar potato chips and soft cheeses like goat and burrata cheese. So Oh yeah. I love that they do that. I love I love 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 when breweries do all the specs on the back of the can but they also do food pairings. Yes.
0: I I, I just geeked out a little bit cuz it of, just makes it so u- unique, you know. When you said that I was immediately my first question for you was like I, are you a cheese guy? I love cheese. I love cheese as well. I love cheese.
1: It makes me fart my ass off of my body, <laughs> but uh, I love cheese. Yeah.
0: I've been holding I've been holding a beer burp back for a long time, like to not do it off mic because I thought it would be like unprofessional. But, but we should for but sure but do it on mic. We're, yeah, we're talking about like farts now, so I could burp. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna let it out the next time it bubbles up for sure. But um, I guess since this is a ATB offering and and we're still in the, the realm of the District Yards, Maybe it's not a, a fun question. Like maybe it's not the beer like nerd thing, but a, a practical question yeah, that, I, that I have. Uh, you mentioned like running your card and then it charges you for how much, uh, you pour. So are you like running credit card transactions? There's like little micro transactions, like separately. Like I had 10 tastes of beer. I have 10 different credit card charges or is there a way to run a tab through the, the no. Place?
1: So they, so if it's, if it's correct, no, I went in for the soft opening. So, um, that was paid for by the venue. Um, so
0: so you put your mouth under the tap and just pulled in. That's <laughs> what I did. That's exactly
1: what I did. I got so hammered. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if I remember correctly, and and don't quote me on this, um, you'll walk in and immediately to the right is the uh, cashier's table. They will uh, run your card in which uh, the tab will remain open, and they will uh, assign a District Brew Yard's uh, self-pouring card to, Beautiful. Okay. to your... Uh, credit card. so you'll get your card back your actual uh, card you're swiping is there right okay it'll be uh, associated with the card that they give you to use for the self-pouring system that's awesome
0: because that, that's what I was hoping that that you would say if if you knew from like the, the yeah open. so
1: you're not being charged individually if, that, if that's your concern you're not yeah. being charged individually it's all going to be mean, written I don't, under one tab
0: I don't think I would personally care but I can see where that might like rub a finicky person the wrong way like hey I'm going to come here with my buddies and we're going to be here a while and I'm going to have a lot of beer and like man every single one is a different you know swipe of my card so the the fact that we clarified that it should be like your credit card associated with one of their swipe cards that's beautiful that's perfect
1: as, as far as i know and again don't quote me on that um but th- that's just the way logically that i think it would
0: Happen, yeah, because usually work. I want to say like bars that are just you know not breweries per se, but like normal bars that like have the whole like self pour like method that seems to be coming more popular the last few years. Um, I believe that's how most of them usually work too, or maybe if not most, like some. I know I've seen that for sure uh, online at different places. So. Um, the one time I was actually going to get to do it for myself, like I've never experienced the self poor thing. It probably, my first time will probably be uh, at district brew yards when I go. Uh, but the one time I w- would have been close to doing it is, uh, there was a wall of beer at, I can't quite remember which hotel in Vegas, uh, when I was there nice. like past year and I wanted to go up to it and I'm like, wait, what's going on? Why are there like all these like canopies and umbrellas and like spotlights and I'm looking and I'm like, ah oh, shit, are you kidding me? They had the red rope out blocking off the wall of of beers for this one establishment because they were about to film a commercial spot there. So they had, oh, they man. had all the pretty people getting ready to do some Vegas commercial, and they didn't want any like background to it so you couldn't be like an average joe in the background of the commercial it wasn't that type of commercial right so access to the beer denied for however long they were oh, filming that sucks. and it was my last full day in vegas and i just i couldn't make it back there because i mean do i want to experience a self-pouring tap yes is it like on my bucket list no so it'll it'll come probably probably at district
1: <laughs> district bouillards Yep, man Super cool place. What do we um, What do
0: we think of this one? What's your initial? So this
1: is the Brute IPA. I've I've got little experience with Brute IPAs. The the, the style doesn't typically uh, interest me.
0: Can you Can you speak to what that is? Because I can say that I'm not super familiar. So
1: Brute IPAs are exactly as they sound. Uh, if you know what Brute is, it's a type of champagne, type of wine. Um, champagne wine. Champagne is wine, right? Champagne is champagne. Yeah. I think I don't know. It's all in there. Um, it's champagne. all in there. Um, I know Brut is a type of champagne.
0: That, that part I do so know. That, sound, that the, sounds like in my limited repertoire. That sounds right.
1: So the IPA, uh, Brute IPA, is a an iteration of of just that. It's an IPA version of Brute. So it's meant to be more uh, dry, a little bit more bubbly on the tongue, in the mouthfeel.
0: Yeah. Uh, kind of okay. that washes over. Um, As the can says, a bone dry finish. I'm, I'm kind of getting right, that. Like exactly right. like what you said with the bubbly. Like this so one's actually sli-
1: slightly dry. It does have some residual sweetness to kind of combat that dry to make you want to go back for another sip. I'm actually really, really surprised by the um, the kind of uh, tropical notes that I'm getting from it as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that comes from the mosaic. Oh,
0: that, burps, that burp's coming up. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: <clears throat> nice. Ah, yeah. Nice. Cheers to that. Yes, cheers. Cheers to that. Burps on the show. Some brute burps. Go ahead and uh, put that label out towards the camera so, we can, mm-hmm. so they can see it. I'm going to go label out. Bam. Bam. Brute extra citrus or extra circus Brute IPA by Round the Bend. Uh, so, yeah, again, uh, Dan said that they used, uh, I think they, he said that they mixed up the hops on this round, and it turned out the best that they've done it. Uh, so I am, I am digging this, actually. It's typically not the style that I'll flock to, but.
0: Yeah, actually when you were like um speaking off the, the can, I didn't I didn't catch that right away that it, it says it is their, their fourth go round with this style. So I, I like that they told you like, Hey, this is the best, it's come out yet. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh I am getting super tasty. I am getting the the, the fruit for sure. Um and the hints of black tea, I'm getting that as well. I, I kind of feel like um
1: Does it say that in there?
0: yeah okay. it, it says uh, tropical fruit explosion with hints of black tea I can and, I can get that on the back end Yeah, it's that, kinda, exactly kind of like, subtle like, like I don't know if you're a tea drinker but like I am I, sometimes I like to unwind at night Occasionally. Drink some tea um, tea over coffee yeah yeah I, I'm a big coffee guy but I do I try to do my coffee when I need to get amped up and then at the end of the night um even though like' Is there caffeine in tea? Yes. But like something about like other elements of tea like seem to help me unwind and relax. So I'm like a nighttime tea very, drinker.
1: Very relaxing, yeah. Bed, and so, Bedtime tea. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Uh helps me wind down whether it's like reading a book, Netflix, whatever's going on. But like, um, exactly what you said, that back end. Like when I drink tea, you kind of have that like thing that tea does to your tongue that like and I'm getting that same feeling from this beer. And and that's pretty cool. Cause until I read the can, I I felt that happening with the mouthfeel, but I, I couldn't place what it was. And then as soon as I read Black Tea, I was like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I got that. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I'm real quick. I'm going to take some time and go live on Instagram right now. Do that. Let's go live on Instagram. You're so ambitious. Damn it. Yeah, it. man. Yeah, you got to gotta get this content out there. You know I, what I'm I, saying?
0: Like, I, I, I just think uh, I, I'm a big... Big fan of like as much content as I can get from, you know, sources that I want to get it from. Uh, I'd like to put out as much content as I, as I can as well. Uh, but man, I just sometimes feels like there's not enough hours in the day. So I kind of feel sometimes like I need to do like octopus arms, like to do eight things simultaneously. So I like what we have going on here. You literally have your phone live streaming and it's up against like a little little flower thingy there. We've still got the the camera on us here, and we've still got all our levels, beers.
1: All levels, man. All we're levels. we're running
0: Garage Band here. Like, there's just so much media happening in our faces. This is the way I like it because so it's the way to do it. You got to do it all at once, man. If you do them one after the other, your whole day is gone. But if you can juggle eight medias at once, do your thing, man. That's right.
1: Uh, next topic. Let's uh. So uh, again, I'll close out on District Yards for those listening and watching. If you guys get a chance. Definitely go and check this place out. I've got a lot of experience, like I said, in bar, bars and restaurants. I know when a place is is put together well, and I think this place is going to be very successful. Uh, so you should definitely go and check it out. Go get some nice smoked meats and some delicious beer.
0: That's happening. I'm gonna I'm gonna like take that as an audience member for a second. You were speaking to me, and I know I need to do that. <laughs> uh, maybe next weekend, we'll see.
1: Next topic, we got
0: one. Uh, I believe you said you wanted to talk about like city versus suburb beer Would that. Yeah. Is that, is that a, yeah, not, that's, that's not too much of a stretch from where we just No, were. no, no,
1: no. I, so that's a, that's a really detailed, uh, topic that we should, uh, start by saying, or I'll start by saying, um, in my experience with, uh, in distribution and also working in bar restaurant industry, I know that the, the plane, uh, for demographics is is different, uh, obviously between the suburbs and the city. It's just two different, almost two different types of people, two different lifestyles. For sure. So in in that same realm, you also get in the in the beer community, you get people that um, are also different in their palates and their tastes and and what they like and appreciate and which brands they're supporting. You know, I think suburbs the suburbs have just as many good. Beer brands as the city does, um, but I think a lot of city folk, at least city folk that I've talked to, don't really dabble in the in the suburban beer category. There's not a lot of people that um, experience a lot of the suburban breweries that are out there and I'm I'm sure that's for lack of proximity and a lot of, a lot of proximity.
0: And then like, do you think like when it is like a suburban brewery that has a distribution where maybe you could go to like your liquor store or grocer and, and you could maybe get it? Do you think that when that's the case where like proximity, it's like, Hey, like you can get it on your store shelf. Do you think that there's still like a unfamiliarity maybe just because like out of sight, out of mind, like you're, you're used to what's in your neighborhood. You don't know it. it's out there or exists to like, to, I guess, look into it more to explore it. Um, I guess the reason I'll ask this just to like, like posit the question in a way that's relatable to, to something that I, I went through recently. Um, we just wrapped up, uh, we did our like little take on March Madness. We had our AWD craft madness tournament. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I saw that. It fir- did, that did really well. Actually. The first
0: it did. Uh, I, I just kind of thought it would be fun. Uh, I know people do, you know, offshoots of March Madness like all the time. And I was just like, you know what? Like, Let's do this. This will this will be really fun, and I think it it was good for everybody. the The breweries that were involved uh, got some attention to them. Uh, obviously, it brought the fans of the thirty two breweries that were involved, uh, you know, to us and and became knowledgeable about us. And a lot of our social media hits like really popped because of that. So I mean super grateful with with how that went but the one thing i saw was you're always gonna have the people that are like the know-it-all you know smart guy on on social media sure and so we had a few
1: keyboard warriors yeah so we had keyboard a keyboard warriors
0: a few people what i like to call them. that you know were like 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 oh my god like i've only heard of like two of these breweries like who the hell are all these this all sucks and i'm like okay, bro. So you drink Budweiser then? Cause like the, the problem with our our bracket was just like 60. I wanted to do a full week of voting for each round. So did the math and a, a bracket of 32, it would have ran for five weeks. So we started late February, we finished in late March. And, um, my whole thing was if we went 64, we'd either have to do less than a one week voting period or my God, this would go on forever. So, uh, Upon deciding 32, I was like, crap, there's so many good breweries in the Chicagoland area and city and suburb. Um, what, you know, how am I going to decide? So part of it was just like, you know, these are good breweries that, you know, everybody knows about. And then part of it was like, you know what? Well, let me put some of the little guys. And yeah, it may result in that reaction. Like who the F are this? I never heard of this brewery. But they're places that I had been to myself in some cases where I know like, Hey, like this place is credible. They have good beer. Uh, so what it kind of resulted in is you had like some big dogs, like goose Island, like revolution going up against like smaller places. And, uh, you had a couple of those keyboard warriors that are like, Oh, what the hell? Like, uh, this is like, is this like rigged or what? Like how the hell did insert brewery here beat revolution? And it's like, well, so for starters, one people voted. uh, Yeah. People voted, uh, you know for 2 like let's just be real the little dog in the race wants to get his name out there so they're going to promote they're going to share they're going to retweet uh they're going to let people know that hey we're in this thing uh goose island and revolution was never going to do that just let sure. the chi- let the chips fall where they may we're we're big dogs we got bigger fish to fry than the afterwork drinks podcast uh march madness craft madness thing you know uh which is what i expected so i kind of did this almost like a a little social aspect social Uh, experiment yes a little little social experiment and so the the thing that I, i got from it was there was definitely like legitimate like who are they geared toward a lot of suburban breweries to tie this into like what we're saying about like city beer versus suburb beer, um, lots and lots of great suburban beer. In fact, I maybe being a Southsider identify with that more. I'm used to like your whole South side off the beaten path, like industrial area down this road. They have like a banner outside this random warehouse door. That's our brewery. Like I'm used to that. I clearly learned from like this bracket. There was people that were like naming some pretty, like to me, pretty darn good breweries. And we're like, Oh, who are they? How did they beat revolution? And it's like, okay, well, one, you should know who they are. Like expand your mind, uh, research that the beer game a little bit more. Like, I don't know what you drink. Like you didn't tell me that, but like you, you should like, if a person tells me they don't know what Pollyanna brewing is. To me, that's a problem. Like I, I yeah, I think Pollyanna is <laughs> a big enough name. Right. They, yeah.
1: They've got they've got a large enough distribution behind them to know that they're everywhere. And so the other a lot, a lot of places.
0: And so the other thing that I experienced was okay, not just like who are they, but also there were some people saying like, how did insert brewery here beat this bigger, more distributed, more maybe national, um, you know yet from Chicago kind of brewery. And the, the answer to that was simple is that, you know, at, at the end of the day, like this was not a, uh, a thing where we were tasting a beer offering from any of these breweries. Um, it wasn't that type of competition, uh, though that would be like super sweet and awesome. Um, but like it was basically like to just be blunt, like a popularity contest and to show whose fan base was the most rabid and so we ended up in the finals with Lake Effect Brewing and Migraine Brewing and you if you looked at the bracket would have thought like how is the finals not like Goose Island and Revolution or even maybe like a Half Acre or somebody like that sure, and sure. and the the simple reason why is because there were the breweries that just like oh yeah we're in this thing and like whatever oh I see we're tagged but you know we don't we're not going to do anything about it and then the other breweries saw they were tagged what's this oh hey we're in this thing this podcast put us in their thing we're honored and they tweeted they shared they like went bonkers on it i saw some
1: Soundgrowler people putting putting out content i'm friends with a few sound people a, on, as, on as am i uh,
0: shout out to arturo he may or may not be on the next episode we're getting uh, him on soon
1: arturo kayla kayla's uh kayla's uh, a rep for uh Sound Growler as well. I saw her promoting the, the went to uh, AWD.
0: Went, went to school at the the wonderful uh, aforementioned Saint Xavier University with Arturo, and he always had a um, entrepreneur type heart. So I, I'm not surprised that that he opened a, a business a, at all. Uh, great guy, uh, great brewery. But yeah, like so people like Sound Growler, uh, people like your your finalists, you know, mm-hmm. like Effect and Migraine, like they
1: I accidentally slapped my mic. I was like
0: slap the bass slapping a mic um they went like you know gung-ho with it on social media and so not (laughs) only like just in general like trying to say like hey people that follow us like do this but also um i saw like husbands and wives and employees and just fans and i saw like every post like my phone was like lit up like constantly (laughs) needing to be put on the charger i was like all right, like this is our podcast, this is our competition, I need to be informed of this. But at the same time, I was like, holy cow, my phone just keeps being like, so-and-so retweeted, so-and-so liked, so-and-so this, so-and-so shared. And like those were the people that ended up advancing, those were the people that ended up sure. in the final. And so to the person... It's all about exposure, man. It's yeah. all
1: about exposure. I mean, that's all that matters in the, at the end of the day anyway. And a lot of these breweries are just trying to get their name out because the competition is so thick, it might not be... Uh, Stiff competition, but it's thick. Yeah. You know, and by that I mean it's just so oversaturated. You know, there's and, there's so many breweries out there that it's it's just hard to keep up for a lot of everyday people that aren't like super nerdy, like beer people that are willing to go to every single place. Yeah. That, you know, marketing actually matters and getting your name out actually matters.
0: And and my thing with I guess like suburban people telling me I didn't hear the city brewery and city people telling me I haven't heard of the suburban brewery, like what the hell is this? Um, rather than try to like spin it is like a negative as like some people were doing i would look at it as like hey like you haven't heard of them there's nothing wrong with that now you have. but rather than yeah now you have rather than like knock it like look into it like i put them on the bracket because they're a good brewery they're worthy of it and then a lot of other breweries whether it be their fan or someone from the brewery themselves an owner or an employee was like oh no such and such brewery and i i kindly had to explain like so many times like if we did 64, it would have lasted forever. We did 32. Trust me. I know you. I know who you are. We want to have you. The bottom performers of this bracket will get a pass next year, and and other breweries will be filtered in. Like, don't you worry. And so um, the fact that I had breweries reach out to me from the suburbs, from the city, from everywhere, saying, like, oh, man, we would really like to be involved next year. I'm like, I would, really, awesome. I would really like to involve you. That's awesome. Um, that's cool. And, again, it speaks to community and um, – to tie it back into to you know what we're saying versus like suburban and, and city like I get it proximity wise. Like if you live in like the burbs Southwest, wherever you are, you know, you're probably not driving into like the heart of the city or the North side very frequently. Um, if at all. So maybe you haven't heard of those places unless they distribute to a liquor store, or grocer near you, which may or may not be the case. And then vice versa, if you're in the city, maybe you don't travel out to the burbs that often, unless you're the biggest of, of beer nerds, uh, you know, somebody like me or you or anyone that like does this stuff where like our idea of a cool weekend is to go explore. Um, you know, not everybody's like that the average the average joe's not like that so i would say the difference between like with demographics and everything like that city and suburban it's it's very real however if you are like a beer person and you just want to expand like what you what you've experienced what you know always looking for a new brewery always looking for a new beer a new style a new whatever like just embrace it i wouldn't say draw a dividing line between north and south we may never get people to say it's okay to love the Cubs and Sox simultaneously, but it's okay to love city and suburban beer. That is a fact.
1: Well, not only north and south, but there's also east and west. Yes, know? exactly. I mean, there's there's a lot of east side breweries. There's west West side breweries too. You know, a lot of breweries out in the west suburbs. Uh, you think of Lombard, Downers Grove, um, you know, Schaumburg, those, all those areas. But <clears throat> I think... Um, between the two, in terms of demographics, just what I've experienced and what I was getting into is, you know a lot of people in the city um seem to be very gung-ho about their city. I mean, it's like it's like hardcore Chicago pride, yeah. when it comes to breweries. at least and again, this is this isn't my experience with talking to people that live in the city. Uh, with the suburbs, I think they're um uh, people are a little bit more um embracing to you know the variety you know coming from the city uh, i know just as many people that love dovetail in the suburbs as they do in the city right you yeah. know but i can't say that as many people that support dovetail just as equally support you know i don't know noon whistle right at a lombard yeah. you know um, so it, I, I don't know it's just an interesting interesting topic for me interesting uh, conversation to have is is between city and suburbs not only the breweries that are putting out good beer but also the the people that are buying the beer, you
0: know. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I'm always careful like when I talk about this with people because I don't want to like step on toes on like either side about like yeah, keep what it I'm authentic,
1: here. keep it authentic, keep it real. But uh,
0: it. I I feel like like in the city, um, maybe not with like the brewery scene. I don't know if it, if it translates, but... Shlapp the mic. it the mic. Um, I do feel like the city, you know, like kind of has that connotation of like the trendy area. You come into the city, you get, you know, all jazzed up. You go to the cool, sure. you know, happening places to be where I feel like a lot of like suburban bar and maybe also to that extension brewery life is a little bit more like laid back community where just chill or whatever. It's not about like being like the cool like i'm in the city i'm in this hot you know neighborhood or whatever and and maybe i'm i'm wrong with that like i this is just like something i don't want to say it's a rule by no means is it a rule it's something i feel like i've i've observed to littler smaller degrees i think um but i i kind of i feel like there's a little bit of of merit depending on your personality type. Uh I feel like a younger crowd is all about going in the city every night every weekend and like woohoo have some fun. And I have always been even where I was younger and especially now as I, as I age like I'm a guy who I would rather go out to that like suburb and kind of be like, you know what? I'm in a place that like a city folk might consider a middle of nowhere burb. And, but you know what? I have a parking spot and I'm going to walk into this awesome suburban brewery mm-hmm. and it's going to be amazing. I'm not going to circle the To your point, to for, your point, it's about minutes. proximity. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. To your
1: point, it's about proximity. I mean, if, if you got somebody that lives in the suburbs, um, that wants to go to a brewery or wants to go brewery hopping, they're not going to, they're not going to go 60 minutes or 40, 40 plus minutes into the city when they can go five to 10 minutes down the road to their local brewery yeah. and get just as good beer as Goose Island's putting out or half acre or whatever. Not, not that they're, comparable but it's just it's just about proximity and convenience and most of all most 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 of all if we're talking about uneducated beer consumers it's just about that it's about exposure what they're exposed to what they know about you know there's so many people out there that love craft beer but they don't know about a uh, hot butcher or they don't know right. about a uh, Saint Laurent that's putting out beer or they don't know about like these top tier breweries that are putting out really quality beer. They just don't know about them because they're afraid.
0: And, and, I, and I think like uh, something that just to, to be said about you know, even people that, you know, I don't want to like pigeonhole anybody to say that they're not open to it. Uh, some people may be open to exploring beer and, and taking a little sure. bit of, of a hundred percent. hundred. However, yeah. let, let's be realistic. If you work like, just say you work a normal, it's not the average
1: consumer. Yeah.
0: Like say, say you work a normal Monday through Friday, nine to five. And you know, either you get off work, you want to have a beer on the way home, or you, you go home, have dinner, and then want to have a little nightcap. If you're in the suburbs, And you have your neighborhood brewery that's five minutes away. Where are you going to just have a quick beer or two and then go back home? You're going there. Now, on a special occasion, maybe, you know, it's not something you do every weekend. Maybe once or twice a year, you get some of your beer buddies together. And you go, hey, like, do you guys want to go drive into the city, drive into the north side? And uh, we're going to hit up like these three or four breweries. That's a little bit like if you're living in the burbs, that's maybe more of like a special event thing you do with your buddies. Like in the summer, you don't on a winter night when it's uh, like four inches of snow on the ground, say like, let me drive over an hour to go try this place. Like that's not the time or the place. You're going to your local watering hole brewery that's in the hood. Sure. And I think the suburbs do a re- not that the city doesn't, but I think the suburbs do a really great job uh, to name drop, like open outcry horsey follow and, and what they represent of, of really bringing in the community community um that's true people will come they'll try you if they like you they're a repeat customer and then they promote you they' they champion your brand and they're proud to have you as an option in their neighborhood I love that
1: term champion your brand I yeah. love that term championing champion championing
0: champion and it champion championing
1: championing
0: But it works the same way. It's not just to say suburb or city. Like if you live in the city and uh, you're like a person, it's like, I don't own a car. I take the train or walk or bicycle everywhere. Hey, such and such brewery is two blocks up the road from me. Um, You are not going to take the metro or hop in with a friend who owns a car or whatever and drive all the way to the southern or southwest or whatever and, and go do that brewery on an average weekday after you clock out of work. You're going to make that a special brewery type exploration trip too with your buddies or your family. Um, so sure. I, I feel like it all has its place, but the one thing I would like to take away is that I don't think it should ever be a, a city versus a suburban. It should just be like wherever you live, have your mind open to experiencing other breweries, whether you can get there to their tap room in person, or you can find their stuff offered at a nearby liquor store or grocer. Um, equally good beer found all around the chicagoland area and there's really no reason to just say no to any of them based on location you can't do it every day of the week but at some point give them a try whether you're traveling to them or acquiring them at a, a third party that sells them like it there's so much worthwhile beer in this city like you, you've got to do yourself a favor if you're a beer lover try to get to all of it like you there's do-
1: worthwhile beer i think everywhere you yeah. know and and don't get me wrong there's tons of Uh, you know, breweries out there that are not producing good beer, you know, and I can say that wholeheartedly because I've had them and I've been there, but even those experiences are worthwhile because you can either come like learn to appreciate those breweries Mm -hmm. if it might be at first abrasive. But if, even if you don't, they, they make those other breweries that actually are producing top notch beer. They make those kind of, uh, in retrospect, stand out a little bit more and make you more appreciative of those breweries. So you're not as harsh. But then again, again, I can't say enough. It's all a matter of it's yeah. It's opinion. like you said, it's subjective. It's a matter Super of subjective. Op- it's a
0: matter of opinion. And then, and then also I'd go as far to say, just like most things in life, um, it's, it's like a lesson learned. Like you may go to a brewery and you may not love that brewery, but there you go. Now you learned what you don't like. It helps you hone in on the ones you do and, and mm. elevates them as you said.
1: Yep. I totally agree. Um, one other topic. I, I want to, for the sake of progress, we'll keep going because we're at the hour and 20 minute mark right now.
0: Good Lord. Um, Time flies when you're having fun. though. That's
1: right. That's right. Cheers, my
0: friend. Cheers. I have an empty glass. I can't do that. That's bad luck, right? Oh, that is bad luck. Here's, here's a face melter. Should I pour some face melter? Yeah,
1: pour it out. Pour it out. Right, face melter. That's face a, that's a, the third and final Burnt City. That's the Burnt City beer, but third and, third and final uh, District Brew Yards beer that I brought home. Uh, so this is a hibiscus IPA. All
0: right, I like hibiscus. I can do hibiscus. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a terrible pour. I'm just like all head. Yeah. I don't That's know all right. What I'm tilt
1: doing. the tilt the glass, my friend.
0: I I gotta tilt that glass. I don't know what I was doing. That smells good. That was a, that was an off move for me. I, I I know the tilt. Who doesn't know the tilt the glass? Is it, is, is it that we're two beers in and I'm already like not my right self? Is that what's happening? That's
1: all right. Did you get? Did you pick up drive through on the way? So remember, yeah. Remember when I told you I was <laughs> gonna
0: pick t- up drive through? Oh, you did. not it, it was just so treacherous that I didn't. So yeah. Definitely this, after. Definitely after I have to. This is. It's still coming down.
1: It's snowing. It's been snowing since 8 a.m. at least. That yeah. was when I woke up. So 8 a.m. On,
0: on the live feed, people will know what we're referring to because we're live. Uh, any th- parts of this that is used by us later, uh, you know, whenever we publish, uh, you can probably pinpoint the day uh, in April that this happened. But essentially, uh like can see said, it outside. Eight a.m. Show him outside. Show him. Yeah. Let me show, me. Try show him. He's,
1: the... he's going to take the camera. You're hijacking, shy beer guy's Instagram live feed
0: right now. Do you see that? Do you see the snow coming down? Yeah. It's it's April fourteenth why no we've already had false spring a couple of times it needs to be here to stay for good um so essentially like what you said woke up like like 8 a.m that's what was happening and i told myself you know what hopefully this calms down before i go hook up with shy beer guy and we do our thing and it never stopped and in fact in in my neck of the woods it thunder snowed and like i've always heard the legend of thunder snow i think this was only the first i've never heard time. that
1: ever before in my goddamn life you said that and i was like is that a thing
0: so essentially like all the rumbles and and things that you're accustomed to with a rainstorm with the thunder and lightning and stuff it's like yeah the ugly grumble of thunder except snow is coming down instead of rain and i think maybe once many moons ago when i was much younger i experienced it i think this was my second time but it was insanity and thank god
1: How you said when i was much younger. How old are you? Can I, I, can I ask you that you on here?
0: You can, you can, only if I could ask it in return. Uh, <laughs> I am, I am 34 years young.
1: That's, that is super young. That Damn. Wow. Are you uh, about to tell you, me you're older? Cause yeah, I wouldn't guess that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm, I'm, Significantly younger than you are. Okay. That's, okay. That, that's crazy. I you probably wouldn't guess. I I like to entertain guesses though.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go. And we're
1: probably not gonna air this part. But
0: uh, I'm gonna go with a ripe old twenty-five to six.
1: Yeah, that's actually right on the dot. Oh, nice. Very that's nice. Actually, right on the, the dot. Twenty twenty-five. I'll okay. be I'll be twenty-six in August. Um, you know it's it's funny because. I have a lot of people
0: that say... Uh, See, we can air it now, because I didn't guess that you were an old man, right? So it's yeah, flattering. Yeah, yeah, we can air it, I guess. No, I, and I, 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 and I, don't, I don't mind saying I'm 34, because people tell me all the time I look younger. I'm like, good, I hope when I'm 60, I'm picking up 40-year-old chicks, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Age is a, a, is a funny subject for me, doing what I do, because a lot of people say, well, you only, you've only had four years' experience in the industry.
0: Suckers, I was
1: drinking when I was 18. <laughs> I come from the South Side and if anybody knows how the south side actually operates i will just say that uh i watched a lot watched yeah watched and there's a video here as well i watched um a a lot of people drink uh illegally in in this area and uh it's, it, I'll leave it up in the air for, for the viewers and listeners to, to wonder if I did or did not participate. But luckily my mom, my mom of all people, my mom, my parents, both my parents actually growing up, they were big, uh, they're big craft beer people. So they were actually early adapters of Goose Island. Okay. Um, You know, Goose Island started in 88. They didn't really get out there and start distributing until 90s, I want to say. They didn't really hit the market until early 2000s, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, my mother actually worked at a, a local... Uh, place it was a barbecue joint that actually sold Goose Island in its early days. You know, early Honker's Ale, early three one two before it was you know flagship off, off to and New York, up. yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, like way before that, way before that. But way, I saw way, my yeah. parent, I saw my parents, uh, you know, enjoying all this good beer, and, and it was always in the house. So I was always enamored by the fact that they were drinking this beer that wasn't Bud Light, Miller Light, or Coors Light. Yeah, um, and it, like growing up. Seeing those options, I, I always loved looking at the bottles. I always loved looking at the labels and the brands and what, you know, what was different about them. I would, I used to just take one out of the fridge and look at it. Nice. Um, <laughs> I, I would just look at, uh, I would just look at the bottle. Sincerely, I did look at the bottle. Oh, yeah. And I would uh, like analyze the bottle. And I guess coming full circle, that's kind of how I got into marketing and why I love the the branding aspect of the beer industry so much is, you know, and this is I, one of our, one of the topics is marketing, Yeah, and I love, anybody that knows me knows I love talking about this, and this was the perfect segue into this. Uh, they know I love talking about the marketing and branding aspects of the beer industry because it's so, it's part of the experience. It's 100% part of the experience. Before you hit, get a chance to try the actual liquid, your first impression, as a unbeknownst beer consumer is the label.
0: And uh, hopefully you don't mind me lumping this in there. There's another another topic you had on your list for today was packaging, and I think those kind of go hand in hand. I even mentioned earlier that sometimes when I'm in a liquor store and I'm looking around and I'm just like- Label you know, shopping. Yeah, what, what do I want to try? And a lot of times it's what catches my eye. And if there's cool graphics or, you know, some kind of cool visual or font or something that sucks me in. Something
1: that you think looks good. You're like, this, I think this might be good. And whether or not you're right or you're wrong, it's still an experience. It's kind of like an excitement. It's almost like, it's almost like you're, and this might be a terrible analogy it's like you're going to the store to buy your own christmas presents that are yes already wrapped yes and you're like oh i can't wait to open this up and see what it's like what what did i get what did i get you know it's kind of like that because
0: the, the packaging is like step one i mean like if you have a cool label on your can or your bottle like what happens is i'm walking down the aisle it catches my eye it draws me in i go in for a closer look i read it now, maybe at that point, step two, it says that it's onion flavored beer. I'm like, I'll, I'll pass. I don't want to try onion flavored beer. But it may say that I'd it, try it.
1: I'd try it. it may, I'd review it, it.
0: It may say that it's coconut or coffee or one of the things that are like my big, big flavors of favorite beers that I love. And if it does that, then at that point, it's like, oh, okay, this is such and such brewery. Okay, what is this? Is this something they offer all the time? Is this like a seasonal thing, like a, a special thing going on here? What's going on? I, I read it. I learn more about it. I'll go on, on tap to see what other people think about it. And I'll, I'll try to make an informed purchase about this new thing that I just discovered. And it all started with the packaging that first drew my eye to basically make me give it more than a, a half a second's notice of my attention. Right. And then from there, I would say like how you said with marketing, um, I mean, there's so much like different media as far as beer, whether it's TV, whether it's print. Now, online is probably like the biggest thing, and like that all factors into how you spend your hard-earned dollars on on beer. Sure, a hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. And it's I, huge. you know what? It's 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 almost funny to me because, and and you know, hopefully I'll be looking a couple of years down the line and I'll be laughing at all the people that laughed at me today because I say these days that, uh, marketing and branding pay, play more of a factor in overall beer sales than, than the actual taste. Then no, no, no. Okay. No, I won't say that. I won't say that because there's a lot of sticklers out there and, and purists that, that'll probably say, no, you're, out of your fucking mind but um i don't know i don't believe that i i think that it plays more of a factor in overall beer sales than it used to um and i think that has a lot to do with the evolution of social media and Mm -hmm. how that's how that has kind of made its way into each uh each category of of business um it's how you market your product that really determines whether or not you're going to be successful because you can have the greatest beer like it it's either got to be one or the other you either need to make top tier all-star liquid that is like absolutely flawless and you don't have a social media presence and it, you're it's it, like it it's travels like, by word of mouth word of mouth, mouth, if this word is of mouth and buzz yeah. and yeah. hype or or you have like mediocre liquid and you advertise so extremely well, but those things are gonna balance out. Those two brew if
0: you take if you soup, have them if you if have them both, then you're just golden. If if you're marketing oh, yeah, well absolutely. And, and the product is just absolutely. like the best beer in
1: town. Absolutely. I mean you you look at uh you, you look at places like, like Hop Butcher. Hop Butcher Okay, so Hot Butcher obviously makes some top tier liquid, oh, yeah. um, but their branding is fantastic and their their social media is great. I mean, they only pretty much only post pictures of their beer, but their their captioning, their wording is fantastic. It's really interesting. I don't know who does their social media posts, but it's always very uh, well put, very uh, very put together in terms of the vocabulary that they use. But it's it's also very, uh, it's just compelling to read their stuff. And I think that, uh, if you, if you take two breweries, the two breweries that I said, if you take the one that uh, makes top tier liquid and that doesn't market their product very well, they're going to do really well because they make top tier liquid and. the Part of the industry is predicated on hype and buzz and word of mouth, but there's also the advertising and branding aspect of it that I cannot speak enough about because a lot of uh, breweries and I've and I've told this to you know a handful of different brewers that I've spoken to, and they just look at me like I'm fucking like yeah like, yeah okay like yeah it doesn't really matter that much like I I just brew the liquid I get it but if you're part of the business and if you have a say in the business, to me because I I. So I work in distribution and I do this podcast and blogger stuff, but I'm a beer consumer first right okay first and foremost that's how i got into this this is this is why i do what i
0: do and this is ex- where yeah, my passion ex- is coming out right now this exactly, what I, yeah
1: this is where my passion is coming out so like, I'm, I'm about to spit some real shit to you right now oh yeah. some real fucking shit
0: because you were this before there was ever a microphone or a camera right. on you
1: right a- exactly exactly i was still the same way i was still articulating how i felt about beer the same way when i worked at brass tap you know i used to make beer recommendations all the time and i had people tell me you explain this exactly how it is i love this beer thank you for bringing this to me but um, you know, going into back into branding and marketing, you know, I've had brewers look at me and say, "Yeah, like it doesn't fucking really matter." But it does from a beer consumer's perspective. They want to know about your brand. It's about telling a story. It's about showing your identity. It's about showing what you're capable of aside from the liquid because there are more elements to the beer experience than just the liquid. Now, don't get me wrong, the liquid is the end all, okay? That is that is what actually makes your brewery you know, better or worse or, or what have you. However, if you want to market in new places, if you want to reach new people, if you want to get your brand a little bit more exposed than it already is, you Mm -hmm. need to get your ass on social media, start putting out some creative, interesting, compelling content so you can reach these beer people because there's so many beer consumers that are on Instagram, for example, or even on Facebook, depending on which demographic you're trying to hit. That is just, it's money sitting there. It's money. Like, If you're trying to if you're trying to build your business up, if you're trying to make money, get people into your brick and mortar spot or go out to buy your purchase your product, you need to be going out and saying like first of all, if you're a contract brewer, I'll I'll start by saying this. If you're a contract brewer and you're only brewing out of another spot and you don't have a brick and mortar space, then you need to be sharing with everybody where they can find your beer. Every single time, every single spot that people can find your beer, say, hey, you know, you can go over here at uh, Crafted 1979, or you can go over here at Beer Miscuous in the city, or Bitter Pops in the city, or you can find me at a Liquorama in Brighton Park, or oh, you know, yes. whatever. Oh, yes. You just you know, named my place. That's your place, I Liquorama? I love oh,
0: I'm like not even two minutes down the road from there. I know. Look Yeah. Liquorama is amazing because, uh, the, they get a lot, they get some good stuff. The demographic of the neighborhood is like, we're buying the cheap shit for the boxing fight this weekend. So all the cool shit is left for me and other craft snobs that are like, I have no idea why this whole top shelf for like eight feet is filled with all kinds of like aged bourbon County, but I'm going to scoop it up. You go take your Modellos for the boxing match Saturday night. I'm cool. I got this. Right. I love liquor like it's when you don't think you should be finding stuff I find stuff and I love it for that
1: yeah it's I mean it's again it's one of those things like you have to be out there actively marketing your product in, in order to have the success that you want you know and it amazes me that a lot of brewers you know and I get it like who the fuck am I to, to be telling anybody how to run their business and I'm, I know that I know my place but I will say that that I just know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to branding and and marketing. Instagram is the greatest place for beer right now. Mm -hmm.
0: There's so much content out there and there's so much knowledge out there. Everybody's posting like, like there's so many accounts that's like I post and say what I think of this beer. And you would think that it could get oversaturated, but it can't because there's so, so much. And like when I see crazy, like, Super bright red beer That's like blood red I'm like That looks freaking cool What is this And then I'm like On somebody's account And they're like This is like Such and such brewery Such and such style beer From New York Or New Hampshire Or Florida Or wherever the hell it's from Like it's cool And I'm not One who's Yet got into like the whole hey beer trading and, and with that's where from branding. States, but that's, it,
1: right, that's where branding comes into into play because you look at it, you can either look at the beer and say that looks that looks physically appealing the beer itself, or you can look at the can and say. I fucking want that just because the can looks so goddamn cool.
0: And if your Instagram has both the can next to the poor and my mind explodes, I'm like, okay, like, how can I get that in Chicago? Or do I got to hop a plane to insert city here and go get that myself? Right.
1: Or offer some some good trade-worthy stuff to trade. You know, I mean, there is so much out there, but I think... Uh, again, I can't go back to it enough is that uh, a lot of, a lot of brewers aren't taking advantage of the opportunity at hand, which is to market their product. I mean, and this is not just in the beer industry. It's also in every other industry that you yeah. own a business. You need to be on social media marketing your product.
0: You have to, you have to. I, I, I would think that it's the like... number
1: one marketing tool, ever and it doesn't cost shit it doesn't cost no, anything it, yeah
0: and i, and I would think cost that time
1: that at, and that's it time and a l- fucking l- little bit a little bit of effort this is yeah a, this
0: um i definitely i definitely would say that i don't want to say everybody i don't want to lump this together i feel like uh, an older generation has adapted to like newer technologies but i think there's some people that like have been in not just this industry not just beer but like like any industry really that like when they've been doing it for like decades and they're you know they they've got some some experience that like it's hard to go from the old methods to the new and it's just a simple i think fact at this point that any business whether we're talking beer or otherwise like you have to push social media hard because as you said it's pretty much mostly free unless you're doing paid like promotion and advertising and like that is what most consumers are are doing it's not just like a kid's thing anymore like i mean i I don't even know that i should like posit a a guess but i feel like social media i'd see people that are in their 50s at least that are heavily involved in social media either personally or because of their business uh beer groups yeah i don't know what the age would be where there's like a fall off in like social media where if there's like an age group that doesn't care anymore, but I know that like the age where social media usage starts and where it ends is covering multiple demographics. And you need to be on that regardless of what your business is. Um, unless you are selling prune juice to 80 year olds, like you need to be on social media.
1: I personally, and I might be biased because I'm passionate about beer, but I think especially in the beer industry, like, people, brewers and business owners, brewery owners should be on it because there's just so much value. I mean, there's so much content out there to be made and had, but it's not as difficult as one might think. Like creating content is just not difficult. It's not, it's about documenting over creating document because people want to relate to what's real, what's authentic. And you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's fun to like plan stuff and you know, plan out your content and, and conceptualize and do your thing on that end but it's it's not it's not entirely necessary when it comes to creating content it's about what's authentic it's about documenting what's in front of you and as a brewer as a uh an owner of a a brewery you've got content readily available in your brewery in your tap room in your space every single day and there's so much creative content to be had and made that there is no reason that you can tell me of of all people who creates multiple different types of beer content and I don't even work in a brewery to say no I can't I can't do that I just don't have the time or I don't you're no. in the brewery anyway pull out your fucking phone take a and picture, take a picture yeah. and, and take a video of the mash ton or pull out your fucking phone and take a picture of your or take a video of your you know cans being canned Yeah,
0: your beers being canned take a shot of your your tap room just like packed with people for an event you know whatever, right, whatever. basic stuff like that but I know it's, and it's I, I know
1: a lot I know a lot of breweries do that They're you know I'm sure tons are thinking like oh well I do that already okay well if you do that already then you need to think more creatively you can still document but think more creatively about how you frame it how you you know like what what exactly you put
0: on it like it sounds stupid but like there's like some magical brain chemicals that get turned on for me because i have a a very like creative artistic side Mm -hmm. so like whether I can put into words why it like flips the the switch the light bulb in my head when I see social media like picture and video done right and like not just like oh god this is terrible camera work but like hey like this person did it right they did it in a creative angle they did it with a creative filter or a font or whatever an effect like that immediately triggers me and pulls me in and. It sounds stupid to like the the layperson that's just like like oh yeah you know you just like snap a picture of this whatever like there's a way to do it that's better than the next guy you can be better at social media than the next guy and that's the thing so it's first to do it to do it a lot do it frequently and then to do it well and to do it better than the next guy. And those are all very real things that help your business.
1: Well, here's the thing, and this might just be my personal opinion, but I don't think it matters whether or not you do it better than a, another person or another brewery. It's not it like that should be the first the furthest thing from your mind as a business owner, as a brewery owner, because it, it, each individual brewery has their own identity anyway. So what True. they might do will work for them, right? What they might do will work for them, but it might not necessarily work for you because you make a particular style or your flagships are a particular style or what have you. It really doesn't matter, right. but it's not, I don't think looking at it in a competitive sense entirely mm-hmm. is, uh, is the proper way to go about it. Uh, and that's just my personal opinion, but
0: and it was about at that time that brady and i needed to break the seal so we took a quick potty break now may be a good time for you the listener to do so as well uh you can reload yourself with another beverage of choice and then you can go in search of episode 9b the entertaining conclusion to this episode And of course, the deeper we got into our reviews and the more liquid that we consumed, uh, of course, resulted in more fun and more entertaining banter. Falling out of our loose lips. Uh, we definitely touch on some entertaining topics in part two of our discussion. So please uh go find episode 9b on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, again, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and our host SoundCloud. So whichever one you prefer. We thank you for tuning into part one and we really hope you enjoy tuning into part two of my sit down interview with the shy beer guy, Mr. Brady Potts. Hopefully you have that refill in hand by now and are ready to consume through both your mouth holes and your ear holes. This has been the After Work Drinks podcast. Until next time. Cheers.